Hi, welcome to another episode of the CTO to CTO podcast. In this episode of the Challenge Accepted series, Piotr speaks to Harini Janakiraman, the head of technology and associate partner at Antler. Antler is a global early stage venture capital firm that builds and invests in the defining technology companies of tomorrow. Harini tells us all about her experience at Antler and their data-driven decision process for finding and investing in early stage startup founders. They work with big data to find the top 1% of potential founders and also provide support, network access and resources and coaching. Harini also shares some tips on how to find the right technical founder and how to minimize investment risk at the early stages. Tune in. Today, my guest is Harini Janaki-Raman, Global Head of Technology and Associate Partner at Antler Early Stage VC. Her professional journey started in Austin, Texas. Then she moved to New York to work at BlackRock, building the investment data platform. Maybe the story so far would be interesting enough, but it didn't end up here. Now Harini lives in Sydney, leading the technology at Antler. And I'm super excited to ask her about the firm, how it works, how they harness data to help their portfolio companies to find the product market fit. Hi, Harini. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you. Th excited to be here and uh, love to talk to you about uh, all the things you mentioned. Awesome. So uh, let's start with the uh, beginnings of your career. How it all started? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I went, I'm, I'm totally from an engineering background. So I was, uh, did my master's in UT Austin, and then that's yeah. where my career started. Uh, I did a bunch of things in Austin, was teaching assistant for algorithms, uh, was in Intel for uh, like a software engineer. Uh, but then I moved to New York for, to uh, join BlackRock. Um, in case mm -hmm. you don't know, BlackRock is the largest asset management firm in the world. And yeah. there, there I kind of uh, got into an exciting role where I was in different teams across different parts of the organization for the first two years um, in various software engineering, distributed computing type of roles. And they have like a really exciting platform there that uh, makes a data-driven investment platform across um, mm -hmm. uh, various asset classes. So that's where uh, I was for about 10 years of my career, uh, growing up in that career ladder to be VP of data engineering, building out the data engineering infrastructure for BlackRock across New York and Asia Pacific. So that's kind of my um, kind of career defining role, I would say, where I learned a lot. And uh, with that role, I kind of moved to Asia Pacific uh, lead for data engineering in Sydney, um, where mm -hmm. uh, I kind of continued on building the team here in Sydney, Singapore and India. And that's kind of yeah. when I jumped on board and joined Antler because uh, I've always been building startups in the side as a you know, side hustle and things like that. And that uh, each kind of translated into helping early stage founders and also uh, work with early stage founders here. That's amazing experience. Uh, before we get more into the Antler, your current um, endeavor, I'm wondering about this, um, about your role at BlackRock. I mean, data-driven investing sounds uh, like, uh, for some sounds like uh, rocket science, for some <laughs> sounds like magic. Uh, <laughs> can you tell us more about how it works um, and what was your role, like how, we, how you built this platform? 
At BlackRock, we had like a really interesting platform where um, they use a lot of um, open source technologies to derive a lot of data sources mm-hmm. from um, uh, either, let's say, Bloomberg, Morningstar, and Reuters and other data sources. But essentially, it goes into an ETL type of fashion with either real-time or streaming data. Uh, so mm-hmm. we use things like Spark, uh, Apache Storm, and Kafka for queuing and other things. So essentially, that oh, kind of, yeah, that kind of drives into various apps. So Aladdin is mm-hmm. a platform which has various uh, apps embedded in it. Things like uh, risk assessment, simulation, and uh, portfolio management, uh, public trading. Uh, you know, using broker order yeah. placement systems and things like that. And all this data kind of feeds into that. So the data engineering team essentially uh, is like the central core that feeds uh, feeds data into different applications. And those applications are used by individual uh, teams, whether it's portfolio managers, risk assessment teams, or like uh, actual uh, trading teams. So they kind of use these applications to execute on those trades. Wow, that sounds very interesting in, uh, by different reasons. I mean... First is scalability, you mentioned tools like Kafka and others, so super exciting. Um, so did it work or does it work like you are gathering signals from all different sources in regards to different models for different uh, assets categories? I mean, probably there's different model for stock, different model for uh, real estate, different model for materials. Uh, right? Is is, is is working like this way? Yes, exactly. So most of the asset classes were obviously like in public uh, uh, sector, but yeah, different mm-hmm. asset classes by different kind of uh, sector types as well as uh, uh, trading frequencies, right? Like some, some pricing yeah. data is very like high frequency, whereas uh, yeah. some of these um, passive like equity, um, non-equity type of assets are very like um, not changing that frequently. So yeah, different asset classes, uh, different frequency of data uh, updates, uh, those kind of uh, data sets are pretty interesting. And given that uh, BlackRock actually has around, uh, I think now it just keeps increasing, it's like 7.5 trillion AU, uh, USD under assets under management. So you can imagine like the scale of these uh, yeah, platforms. The scale is really massive. Uh, the, the, the second thing I was wondering about is if you have this um, those tools for helping making the decisions or maybe even i can imagine sometimes making the decisions on their own i mean like high frequency trading or something like this um in those cases uh were you doing kind of benchmarking like for example uh decisions made with the store versus decision on the same classes or stocks or maybe even the same assets without this 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 tooling uh, to measure how it performed, because I'm, I always wondering how you, um, how you test those kind of tools, and how can you uh, improve the the quality of the insights they provide. Yeah, so there is definitely like the layer of benchmarking on top of it. Um, there's also a layer of compliance on top of it, so that say someone is not making a huge mistake uh, just by a click mm-hmm. of a button. So there's like double verification, there's a compliance checklist. So that's a very complex system in which trades are going through and maintained in a particular yeah. portfolio strategy. So uh, there's no um, 
mistakes that can be human error driven so those kind of things are eliminated so a lot of um, uh, portfolio management strategy driven uh, decision making in that sense uh, with a layer of data on top that enables portfolio managers to execute and also obviously things like uh, Bloomberg data or something like that which mm-hmm. helps with you know, latest trends and news and things like that. So it's an amalgamation of many different things, uh, depending on the use case of the user. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. No, it makes uh, perfect sense. That's, that's really interesting. I can probably ask you uh, 20 minutes more uh, just about that, but let's, uh, <laughs> let's move forward. Uh, you joined Antler. You said because uh, you used to uh, work in this kind of startup um, mode, right? And it was it was compelling for you. Um, tell us more about Antler. What makes it um, what makes it special? Uh, what was the USP for this accelerator or found? So the reason I joined Antler is somewhat uh, very interesting because, say, in BlackRock, even though it's a large organization, they were operating in somewhat like a startup mode where individual smaller teams were having uh, autonomy to uh, execute and, like, um, move fast and things like that. And we're also, like, you know, uh, as, you know, all engineers do, building things on the side, experimenting and so on. So that Mm -hmm. kind of uh, really uh, made me want to jump from a large organization to uh, startup space. And I felt Antler is, like, the perfect place place because um, as a venture capital firm, uh, it is actually enabling a lot of exceptional founders at that very early stage uh, where um, we have different um, ways we invest in uh, portfolio companies at Antler. So a main uh, channel for our deal flow is uh, founders who want to build companies but either don't have specific uh, co-founders who are Uh completely skills to them. Uh, this is a great platform for them to find their co-founder as well as, you know, validate their idea further and hone it further. So um, we have, Antler has about, you know, 12 locations globally now and it's expanding. Uh, we have a re- uh, location newly added in Berlin as well, where it's a central location for Central Europe. So the plan, the way it works is every year, each location has two cohorts. And in each uh-huh. of these cohorts, we get about like, you know, 70 to 80 founders from uh, three different kind of mixes, technical founders, a business founders. So people uh-huh. who have been uh, previously um, exited entrepreneurs or, you know, people who have, you know, been in uh, consulting and operations yeah. and that kind of background. And also like a mix of a uh, good balance of people from who are domain, domain experts with specific skill set in a specific industry. So when what we have seen is when these kind of groups of people come together um, away yeah. from their kind of regular job in a, to give this a shot, a um, lot of interesting ideas evolve. People who uh, are unable to find, you know, co-founders with exact complementary skills, this is a great platform for them to find that because we actually go through the painful process of uh, interviewing from 50,000 plus applications globally to narrow down highly talented and exceptional founders. So these founders are pre-vetted in a way. Um, and th- so it becomes like a great platform for them to find their co-founder, narrow down their idea and kind of mm-hmm. work further along with the coach. Uh, from Antler, we have like a great advisor network. So they kind of accelerates that process of uh, building a company. And then they essentially come to our Antler's investment committee for funding at the end of like a 10-week mark. 
So that's kind of our main channel. Um, But we also actually also take uh, founders in and uh, who are already existing as a team and want to come to Antler for funding directly as well, like a typical accelerator would. So we have two uh, ways in which uh, founders can come to Antler for uh, fundraising. That's uh, that's super interesting. So what I understood uh, is that it's kind of, the, the the best uh, deal flow uh, the the strongest one is kind of uh, bootcamp program uh, accelerating program so something like YC maybe but you you are approaching them on as I understood on the far earlier stage than than for example YC. Yeah, right. exactly. So a little bit earlier uh, earlier stage than YC because actually some of our companies do end up in YC itself mm-hmm. afterwards. So um, our hypothesis is that uh, we're coming in earlier, which is like at a yeah. founders finding co-founder stage. But at the same time, uh, we are helping them with tons of resources to enable them to, you know, not um, waste a lot of time in, um, yeah. you know, doing it themselves kind of approach, but like providing with all types of resources to help them enable, uh, execute faster. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, you also said that basically that two cohorts of the founders joining the, uh, answer are those with technical skills and then some guys with business vision. My question was, uh, what, what pattern you see more often, like, folks joining with you with great idea, you assess this idea very high, you score it very high, and then uh, help them find the technical co-founders because it's very often the case that guys with business uh, vision uh, fail to find the the, the tech founders and this is where Antler can help probably a lot. Or maybe it's rather than you are having those folks uh, that love to do something and you inspire them with with some ideas you 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 find you know very high potential which one is is more successful maybe it's been a really a mix of different things so we have seen founders who either come in with a specific idea like for example we have had scenarios where uh, you know, they were domain experts or PhDs, like we have someone who yeah. had an IP in computer vision and really wanted to commercialize that, wanted to find someone who uh, has that business acumen to mm-hmm. uh, take it to the market and grow it in the right kind of audience. And that's kind of a pairing that has really worked well. Uh, we mm-hmm. also have scenarios where uh, people come into the cohort, have a specific problem that they want to solve uh, that they have been thinking about a while uh, for a while but not necessarily know exactly how to execute on uh, or like what is the right way to solve that yeah. uh, they kind of brainstorm do a lot of design sprints hackathon style uh, quick sprints early in the cohort mm-hmm. where they are able to then figure out what's the best way they do a ton of uh, validation and market research and then come up with an idea on how best to solve that problem uh, yeah. We have also had scenarios where people are coming in with, um, because say they specifically worked on an industry like, you know, some industry like construction or insurance. Um, and they've actually, while they're working there, they've identified something and they're really frustrated and that that's not being solved yet. And they actually come yeah. to the Antler program to solve that uh, specifically. So, yeah, we have seen various types of ways ideas emerge. And what's interesting is that uh, we, because we invest in a, a wide range of uh, industries and sectors, uh, tech startups across a range of things. We are not focused on a specific thing, right? So it, we have seen like tons of interesting startups emerge over time. Gotcha. That's that's super interesting. 
um, and sounds like a perfect place to incubate and grow new uh, new projects. So next question would be uh, something you probably can answer based on uh, <laughs> both experience and data you you, you process on, on your daily basis. The, the, the question is how to find the right technical founder. Right, yeah. That's a very uh, good question and it's something we constantly see. Um, so we always encourage people to have, you know, obviously the right people to be solving the right problem. Uh-huh. What does it mean? What does it mean the right people solving the right problem? Like I can understand the right problem, but the right people passionate about this problem? Or? Yeah, passionate about the problem, but at the same time have some experience that kind of gotcha. translates into yeah. this. So, so for example, a technical founder who has been building a lot of say front-end apps and like consumer-facing products um, yeah. can pretty much fit into any you know B2C type of business or even like a SaaS company, right? Like it doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. uh, they, they're not industry focused in a way, but they can actually have a wide variety of experiences. But whereas mm -hmm. say, suppose someone has you know, been an expert in a blockchain space or something specific in you know, uh, IoT or something like that, they are somewhat fixed or like they have the specific focus area that they can work on. So uh, yeah. depending on their past experience, we kind of encourage people to translate that into something rather than um, trying to overfit uh, into something they have absolutely no experience in. Mm -hmm. And that kind mm -hmm. of generally helps them uh, because they are having bringing a depth of knowledge uh, in something that can be translated faster in this kind of a space. So obviously passion for solving that problem is obviously number one because uh, that's what's yeah. uh, going to make them last, uh, stick on that problem for a long time, uh, knowing well that startup journey for being successful is, uh, you know, takes many years, yeah. right? So yeah, that's number one. But uh, apart from that, we have tons of other things that kind of checks and balances in place that um, allows the right people to be solving the right problem and also mainly the co-founder relationships and other things. So we actually have like a really um, interesting questionnaire that we share with the founders who take it and kind of ask all those difficult questions up front so that mm -hmm. they are kind of um, well balanced and know the right vision and if they're aligning right ahead of time rather than you know going through this and then figuring out things are not working out so we kind of try to provide as much um, uh, framework and systems in place so that they can they're well placed to uh, find the right founder co-founders gotcha answer is investing into product builders so the folks that can just take whatever whatever it takes to um, make the, the company successful is so early stage. When you need to specialize and build your, your team if you are building startup? Yeah, so in that kind of very early stage, you know, in the pre-seed kind of rounds, um, there's probably like two founders or three founders and the mm -hmm. founding team is pretty much doing everything themselves. Uh, and we kind of say, um, I mean, hire at the right time, right? So. You don't want to just hire for the sake of it. Just make sure you're kind of going after the right problem, right validation, and you kind of start building the early versions of the product yourself so that you can, mm -hmm. you know, we don't encourage people to, you know, go to dev shops and build the product out because you never know. You're continuously almost experimenting at this stage and iterating and yeah. uh, learning. So uh, we encourage the founding team to do that. And then once they kind of start seeing that uh, traction, uh, is when they kind of start hiring more team to kind of support that business in a way. So forming teams, uh, 
comes in possibly at like a uh, in their next rounds when they are fundraising and so on um, but at the early stage when they're just building the product themselves uh, only if they kind of really need that support they kind of start hiring uh, at that point gotcha that makes perfect sense to be agile and uh, open to the testing exactly yeah yeah so uh, investing at such an early stage uh, for me it sounds like super risky business uh, to be <laughs> perfectly honest I think that most of the uh, companies uh, are failing it's normal startup thing right it's nothing very special but do you make use of your former experience at BlackRock uh, or, or other uh, positions uh, where you are working with the big data to uh, help mitigate this risk somehow uh, and if so how it works? I mean definitely in investing in early stage startups is uh, risky there's no doubt about that but we try to do different things in our kind of analyst strategy as a way to de-risk this uh, and, mm-hmm. and enable that as much as possible so there are a couple of ways we do that so unlike a typical VC you possibly you know meets the founders for a couple of meetings and makes that decision we actually mm-hmm. work with the founders for an extended period of time over like 10 weeks gotcha. and each this boot camp yeah exactly so yeah. Um, we won't call it boot camp because actually founders are actually working there full time and they're giving it their Mm -hmm. 100 percent each of these uh, teams are assigned a coach who works really closely with them Uh, we bring in advisors who are experts of that specific problem that they are solving uh, as well to give them directed focused advice Uh, so this Mm -hmm. way we actually getting feedback from the coaches from external advisors Um, mostly these uh, teams also meet with uh, other vcs in the ecosystem so they kind of we kind of get different viewpoints on what they are building ahead of that investment committee and a lot of these investment committee also has experts sitting on our panel so say yeah. for example um, in New York or like Sydney or like other places essentially the investment committee comprises of the local partners as well as uh, venture capitalists from the ecosystem as well as some experts right so uh, we kind of have um, an in-depth due diligence process that kind of has Mm-hmm. helps in de-risking and we also want to ensure we are investing in the right companies and the right founders right so that we are um, uh, giving the right signals to the founders as well that if we are investing in you we are taking that huge bet and also like committed to helping support you as in as a part of your journey further as well after the investment gotcha you also uh, told me uh, on our pre-call when we were prepping this this interview that you also have a data platform that helps your founders uh, to find the product market fit. Can you say a little bit more on, on this project? Yeah, so once uh, we invest in a company, we kind of obviously try to support them as much as possible in different ways. And we kind of identify the key areas in which early stage startups uh, kind of need the most help with. Uh, one mm-hmm. is definitely with uh, you know next rounds of fundraising. So we have an extensive data platform of investor database that helps them navigate uh, based on sector, check size, and, you know things like that to identify the key investors who will be interested in the next round. And we have a global network that enables us to make those meaningful connections uh, effectively. So mm-hmm. we help in that process. Uh, we also realize that early stage startups one of the uh, biggest challenge is when they actually start to hire 
uh, it's yeah. really difficult for them to compete with other big players in the market. So if they gotcha. yeah, post LinkedIn and other things, it's really challenging. And one of the unique uh, value propositions we have is like we have a great talent network because, um, you know, 50,000 applications that come in globally, not everybody is, uh, you know, going through to the final rounds and making it to the program. Um, mm-hmm. So we actually invite exclusively people who go all the way to the partners interview who are still uh, great candidates, uh, but maybe not founder material, but can be great early employees. We invite them to the talent network. We also invite people who have gone through the Antler program in different locations, but did not get get the investment to the talent network as well. So that this network is pretty uh, powerful where our portfolio companies can tap into for their early hires. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. a great way for um, you know other people who have applied also to get exposure to join an exciting startup at that early stage. Um, so that's another way we help them. And we also help them with uh, uh, various other things around uh, uh, enabling them find their early customers, um, help them with tons of resources, AWS, Google Cloud, and all these kind of credits. Uh, We have a lot of tech resources and uh, various uh, legal and uh, documents that helps them in their contract process and so on. So yes, essentially Mm -hmm. we help them in various ways to uh, via our platform to enable them um, that kind of early stage uh, when they have very low resources to uh, manage that effectively. Gotcha. That that's very interesting. Uh, what are the other challenges the startups uh, you you have in your portfolio are facing? Uh, like, let's say, what what they have in common? Because you said already that HR, like hiring, this is always tough thing, right? What 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 other? They they, they differ a lot, right? From problem to problem and uh, area they work in. So probably that um, that they have a lot of challenges regarding the business they operate in, but I guess you can probably distill some common things you see across all of those. Yeah, so what we are seeing, at least from technical point of view, like most of these products typically end up having a similar pattern of products being built. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. like if you're building a SaaS product, almost everything has like a login, like a dashboard and some kind yeah. of uh, uh, data platform at the back of it to manage and, you know, publish the data. So uh, what, what we have interestingly seen is like a lot of these, uh, you know, product patterns emerge and we mm-hmm. actually have a great uh, you know, forum where engineering or like the technical founders come together, they're helping each other uh, in that process to figure out, hey, if I'm building like a, you know, sign up process or like an authentication system was the best uh, thing to do. And we kind of over time have aggregated such useful information. And uh, mm-hmm. we have also like open source with an antler, something called Firetable that allows uh, data management on top of uh, Google's Firestore very easily, almost like a uh, ad table like experience of um, able to view that data for non-technical users. And that's something we have seen where a lot of the early stage startups are uh, preferring Google Cloud because uh, it's somewhat easy to get set up and uh, get started uh, rather than AWS, which tends to be complex in terms of the number of services that are out there. Yep. So yeah, in, in that sense, we are kind of helping them uh, in various ways to figure out the patterns and seeing if there's repetition. And because Antler has like 200 plus portfolio companies, uh, all of them are on the similar kind of journey. A lot of these founders are helping each other. And that's something we find very powerful as well. Gotcha. That's super cool. So community uh, 
and also driven by tools and data and, and insights you provide. So sounds like recipe for success. Uh, my last question uh, actually is, uh, what exciting technical trends you see growing uh, in, in the companies you, you, you uh, take care of at, at Antler? Yeah, so uh, in general, obviously, there's a lot of uh, COVID-driven businesses in terms of, uh, you know, like productivity, remote working and all of that, which is obviously expected given the uh, nature of the world that's shifting in terms of workspace and uh, how we are operating. Uh, but we're also seeing a lot of these um, DevOps kind of tools, uh, data yeah. tools kind of space that's uh, interesting and uh, something I find very fascinating to observe because uh, there's this first way where all these uh, cloud data platforms were there and then there's a second way where uh, all these no-code tools that enables uh, people to launch really fast is there. And then I feel like now there's a third way where there's kind of like at the back of it, there's a lot of uh, data uh, scalable data platforms yeah. but somewhat at the front of it is like a uh, way for uh, no code experience to build really fast and launch so we have seen that with uh, say no retool is one of them which i think is a yc company but essentially it helps uh, people to build a lot of uh, uh, functions and systems on top of their data sets so people can continue to build their apps on top of a data product like you know google cloud or aws or whatever but at the same time uh, operational user can see the things at the front we at antler actually as i mentioned we have an open source version of it called fire table where um, we, it's almost like an ad table but uh, an open source version that allows operational users admin users and also developers to easily launch some cloud functions it's on GitHub, by the way. I, I, I saw it and it's a pretty cool project. So to our listeners, please check it out. It's really interesting one. Yeah, so essentially, uh, I, I see this uh, new trend or a lot of products emerging with the low-code space uh, that's after the no-code uh, wave. And that's something that I feel like is a tech trend to watch out for. That's super exciting. I also i am a fan of this. So yeah, that's absolutely. Um, Thank you for our discussion and your time. It was great talking with you, Harini. Awesome. Guys, if you have any questions, please post them uh, in comments and uh, I'm pretty sure Harini is going to reply to it uh, the same with me. Thanks for listening to the CTO to CTO podcast. And now just a quick reminder. We've been preparing some YouTube playlists so that you can really get the most out of our content. So make sure that you go to our YouTube page and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on that. And see you next week.